Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly dialogue that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at thedispassionateobserver.com. That's T-H-E-D-I-S-P-A-S-S-I-O-N-A-T-E-O-B-S-E-R-V-E-R.com. Welcome, everyone, to Conversations. Thanks for joining us. It's been a few weeks since we discussed, is it worth it? And today, we're continuing that conversation. So last time, we talked about using the question, is it worth it, to evaluate the different choices that we make in life, and to really make sure that however we spend our time and our energy, we're gaining something equally valuable in exchange. And to do that, we have to know the value of the things we're pursuing, and equally, we have to know the value of ourselves. If we place a high value on ourselves, then we're going to pursue relationships that have equal value. We're going to pursue activities that add substance and add color to our lives. Today, we're extending the previous discussion, and we're talking about using is it worth it in a different way. We're going to use is it worth it as a daily mantra to make better decisions. So every day we go through our lives, we deal with different irritations, we deal with annoying people, we experience disappointment, frustration, and we can always choose how to respond. This is critical. Our response is always a choice. We can decide whether we want to fight, scream at our spouse, fight with our neighbor, or if we want to respond more intelligently. And if we constantly ask, is it worth it? If we keep this mantra always in the back of our mind, we can move through the world with less energy and less stress. Z, why don't you kick us off? Talk about the challenges we face when we lack this awareness, when we don't ask the question, is it worth it? And we go through life more blindly. Then let's take a simple example. I live in Los Angeles and there's a lot of traffic. And when people drive, uh, they go into battle. They go to war. Road rage has become more and more prevalent. Uh, It's actually normal. We have situations where someone will cut off uh, another person on the highway, and the first person will overtake the second person and vice versa, each time at higher and higher speeds. And when one person is aggressively trying to cut you off and you're desperately trying to avoid being cut off, and all this is happening at 90 miles an hour on a congested highway, you have a recipe for disaster. And of course, this defies all logic, all sense. Someone cuts you off, so what? Maybe they increased your commute time by two seconds, and now you have uh, to teach them a lesson. How does that benefit you? So much of this comes down to ego. We feel insulted. Uh, marginalize, our ego tells us to assert ourselves, to prove your strength. And once you allow the ego to gain control, it begins to snowball. Neither person is willing to back down. The more you escalate, the more quickly you escalate until both sides lose control of the situation and it blows up. Even if you don't die in a car crash, think about how that event affects you. It raises your blood pressure. It sticks in your mind. You'll feel angry all day. That's where the simple question comes in. Is it worth it? This question becomes very powerful 
it acts like a speed bump. It slows you down. It creates some space between you and the situation and helps you make a better decision. Z, I think we've all been there. We've all felt that way at certain times. I've certainly been in situations with friends or close family where I've been so angry that I couldn't hold back. I've said hurtful things. And what's interesting is that whenever I get into these situations, it always ends up hurting me. It becomes very difficult to repair the damage that I've done. So even if I'm in a bad mood and the other person knows that I'm in a bad mood and I don't really mean what I'm saying, or I mean it in that moment and the next day or even the next minute, I feel totally differently. The words have come out, the damage has been done, the other person feels upset. And often it could take a day or two for that situation to get back to normal. So what ends up happening is that through my words and through my lack of awareness, I create an emotional debt. Now I owe something to that person. I feel uncomfortable around them. I feel like I have to repair the situation. I have to apologize. I have to make reparations. And restoring harmony, getting our relationship back to normal, requires a lot of time and a lot of energy, and we have to go through a period of discomfort. So Z, when we think about this, and again, all of us have been in these situations, why do you think this happens? Why is it that we react so violently, so emotionally, and at times we just lose control? Then it simply comes from ego and entitlement, a toxic mix right there. When you think about uh, yelling and screaming things that later on you, you reflect upon, why did I even say that? It's because at that moment you, you will death on that person, but you never looked at the consequence. You never looked at the value of that person and their role in your life. You never looked at the value of the, the, what you gain and what you suffer from. So it's that toxic mix of ego and entitlement. That's why that the opportunity to say, is it worth it, is, is that important speed bump, that important buffer that gets you to think this out and look over at that person and look at the situation and say, is it worth it? Is it worth my anger or rage or is it worth uh, forgiveness, a praise, a blessing, an apology, or even extending a courtesy? Is it worth the road rage? Um, let the person by. Let them go. Don't escalate. Because that's not what you got in, that's not why you're sitting where you're at at that moment. You're simply trying to get from point A to point B, not to have an encounter, not to test another, not to vent um, repression, repressed rage on someone else. Um, uh, these reactions are directly from entitlement and ego. That's all it is. Z, this point about entitlement is really interesting. And it reminds me of a conversation I had recently with a close friend of mine. And this friend feels misunderstood. In fact, I've known her for a long time. She's felt this way the entire time that I've known her. She might have felt this way her entire life. And because she feels misunderstood, when she's dealing with people, especially people she's close to, she keeps on hammering the same point over and over. And it becomes really irritating. And it's causing problems for her in a relationship because obviously if you're in a relationship with someone you don't want to feel like you're constantly being hit over the head with the same point. So we talked about this. And I asked a simple question. I said, why do you feel misunderstood? And her response was, well, if people really understood me, they would agree with me. They would see how important this issue is, 
And they would come to the same point of view. So I heard this and I said, does this really make sense? Because you're equating being understood to having other people agreeing with you. And when other people don't agree, you just repeat the same point more and more forcefully. But this is really just a false narrative. It's a false equivalence that she's created. Because being understood doesn't mean that others are going to agree with you. They may have their own interpretation. Their experience may be different than yours, so they may see the situation differently. Or maybe you're just wrong. Maybe someone else knows something more than you know. So the entire expectation that other people should agree is false. And this false expectation can lead to a lot of anger and a lot of resentment. Here's, here's something, Vin. When you say something like that, I think that what, what do we mean by being understood? Well, most people don't understand themselves. So you take the fact that most of us don't understand ourselves. And then when we say, you know what? Other people don't understand me. Well, you don't understand yourself. So how could another person understand you? Because understanding of the self and the circumstances are very fluid. And just because people agree with you doesn't necessarily mean they understand you or embrace your point of view. Oftentimes they agree with you simply to avoid conflict. And the more that they're put in a position to avoid conflict, the further you get away from the understanding that you're seeking. So I would say to anyone in that situation, first understand yourself. Make the value of understanding the understanding of yourself. And in doing that, it, it would take a, a development of a certain skill to navigate the fluid nature of the personality, the temperament in the moment of the day, the circumstances that arise. And know that whatever that understanding is at that moment is in constant flux. So you can let the idea go that a person will understand you completely 100%. They may get you, but getting you and understanding you are two different things. Because getting you is managing the rhythm of your temperament and the circumstances of the moment, which could be even better than understanding. I have relationships with people that I don't understand at all, but I get them. And in getting them, I understand how I interact with them. I understand the most harmonious way of engaging them. So I think it's more important that we go back to what we're talking about. Is it worth getting into a battle, digging your heels in until someone says to you, you twist their arm until they say, uncle, I agree with you. You win. Now let go of my arm. What did you really gain? Is that worth it? So that person will be more and more distant from you, more and more shut off from you. They'll be walking on eggs to manage their relationship. That takes a tremendous amount of energy. And eventually it won't be worth it. And you will both find yourself further apart than closer together. Z, let's talk about an example from your own life. Uh, we had this conversation a few weeks ago. We've been trying to get the podcast done. We've been working on our media project. And it's been challenging because we have different schedules. Both of us have families. We have demands. You have a lot of people that you interact with day to day. And sometimes it's hard for us to get other people to understand the importance of what we're doing. It feels critical to us. It feels like 
we have this information. We have a movement that we're creating that is begging for birth. It's begging for inception. But other people don't see it that way. Uh, on the one hand, other people might say, yes, I get that it's important, but I'm not really a part of it, so it's not top of mind. Other people might frankly say, I don't give a shit. It has nothing to do with me. Talk about how you've navigated this situation and how you've used this idea of is it worth it to manage your time and your interactions more effectively. The way I've used it, for me, it's worth everything. Um, this project at its infancy is worth everything. It's worth a lot. And I've taken that and I've aligned it with everything else that is worth everything to me and, and that I value. I've taken the treasure chest of my life, I've opened it up and I've taken a look at it and say, yes, my family is worth it to me. Uh, my career, my skill is um, worth it to me. Uh, what I do in my life is worth it to me. And I sort those things out and I begin to categorize them. And then I manage my time in such a way. But what I removed from the equation, it is not worth it to try to convince others of an idea that is evolving and forming in your own head. It goes back to what I said earlier with um, someone who's having a problem because people don't understand them. People don't understand it. So if the more that I can show uh, uh, tangible results, it's easier for others to conceptualize. It's easier for them to get a grasp on it. Uh, little things, once we started changing the studio around, people say, oh, I get what you're doing now. Well, I've been explaining this to you and trying to convey an understanding for months, if not years, and now all of a sudden, this one um, artifice is put in place, and you get it. And that's the nature of, of understanding, because we all live in our own dimensional consciousness. So the more that I can show proof of concept to those outside, the better they can grasp. They have something tangible they can work with. And it goes to lead by example. Get with uh, uh, people who are like-minded. Um, that doesn't mean that the other people are unlike-minded, but they are not able to understand. And so you put your energy where it's worth it. So you sit with those you collaborate, you're, you're, you're having uh, your collaboration with, and you go, Here's where we're going, and you map it out. So what I've been doing is mapping things out step by step, which is bringing us closer to a collective understanding. And in doing that, it's made the things that are worth it, those assets, those resources, much more valuable to, the, 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 to all of us. And people see it now. They're starting to see what is the value of Dharma media? What is the value of the opt-out campaign? What is the value of the dispassion observer? And all these things we've been working on. And as it slowly takes form in the quiet of my own mind, manifested in, in, in the labor of my own hands, along with uh, our partnership, you doing what you can, people start to see it. And they go, oh, I get it. So all the things I did prior to that weren't, weren't worth it. Trying to explain, uh, uh, forcing change in certain areas, disrupting the flow. I was actually disrupting the flow of other people. And people, anything that disrupts their flow, they're going to reject. 
And so they were actually rejecting uh, the, the, the disruption of their flow, not my idea. Initially, I took it as they're, they're, not, re, they're not accepting my idea. Uh, I, I thought that my wife wasn't supporting me for a while because I was so obsessed. Well, she couldn't see what I could see. So it's really hard to get a person to support something they can't see. Now, as things have started to change and come together, she, oh, I see, I support this. Anne has become an ally in it. So uh, just to answer that, we, we, I think we have to start small. Uh, first, go inward. Work on what you're working on. Uh, define the value of those efforts clearly. Then you assign a value to it. And, and then you say, is it worth it? And the things that I'm doing that are very important to me are, are worth it. Convincing others is not worth it right now. Maybe later on that would take a value, but I realize you can't convince people. You have to create so much value around what you're doing that that value is then easily identified by others. This discussion brings up a few interesting points, and I think one of them is this question of is it worth it is fluid. At certain times, it may not be worth it in the inception stage when you're trying to create a new vision, a new idea, and it might not be worth your time and energy to explain to other people the importance of what you're doing. Or let's say that you're working on a project at work and you want to move that forward. Maybe conditions simply haven't aligned to allow you to move that project forward. Maybe there are too many roadblocks. But if we're fluid and we keep an open mind and a sensitivity to the conditions around us, we can be much more judicious about picking our battles and sensing when we are actually going to get a good return on our time and our energy. Just because something isn't worth it today doesn't mean that that won't change in the future. And with that awareness of how much time we're spending, with that awareness of what's going on around us, we can save ourselves and our efforts for times when the outcome really matters or times when we have the highest probability of getting what we want out of a situation. And if we keep that awareness in mind, it becomes liberating because we don't have to fight pointless battles. I think about myself and my career. I've worked in finance and at certain times people would come to my office and they would use me as a sounding board. They would use me almost as a therapist because inevitably there are other employees who are difficult to deal with, who don't want to get with the program, who don't want to support the team. And friends and colleagues I had would say, how do you deal with these people? They just don't understand. I've talked to them. I've talked to them. I've spent 45 minutes. I've spent an hour and a half of my time speaking with them and I'm getting nowhere and I'm so frustrated. And my response would always be, why are you wasting your time? This is ridiculous. It's like arguing with a mental patient. If you have someone who's insane, who says that the sky is orange instead of blue, why would you sit on a street corner for an hour and a half trying to convince them otherwise? What benefit do you get? And if you have that awareness, suddenly you're free. You free up that time. You free up that energy. You don't have to waste the mental processing on what other people are doing and what they're thinking unless it sufficiently benefits you, unless it's going to improve your state of mind or somehow advance your agenda and your own goals. Uh, so that awareness becomes critical. And I want to talk about that for a second, Z. Uh, we've talked about false narratives and the challenges those create. The other aspect of is it worth it 
which is very difficult to implement, is that we get caught up in the heat of the moment. So a lot of times when we feel emotional, when we just feel rage bubbling up, we don't think about the repercussions of what we're doing. In a sense, we're acting blindly, we're acting unconsciously. How can we develop greater awareness? How can we train ourselves to ask, is it worth it in situations that are emotionally difficult? That's an exercise that we should do when we're not enraged. We're not entitled, again, to the company and the love of others. Rage is a bottling up of something. Things are building. Um, Something is building up. And that is where we have to be very careful. What are we allowing to build up in us that then explodes out? So it's best to deal with things when they're small as opposed to when they're big. There are every partnership, every couple knows that if there are little things that are unspoken, unsaid, that are slowly, slowly building up, that those things begin to quantize themselves. And the more that they sit and fester, they become toxic. And that will lead to a buildup. So this goes back to when someone wants understanding and it's forced or imposed upon the other person. That understanding is not understanding, but it is your sense of comfort that that person has submitted to your view and you walk away with it. But the pressure on that person has not subsided. So rage can build, resentment can build. And then when it comes out, it comes out untethered. So I would say, too, is it worth the suffering? And the more that we can let go of the idea that things have to go our way, the more things will go your way. I do want to talk about one final point related to this awareness of, is it worth it? And this internal calculus of, is it worth it? What we're describing might be interpreted as something that's a lot of work. So if we're always asking, is it worth it? If we're always analyzing whether we're doing the right thing, what the cost is of our decisions, doesn't that in and of itself require a lot of energy? And to put it maybe in more glib terms, is it worth it to always be asking, is it worth it? I think when you look at the whole of energy cost, having that mantra right there is the most efficient use and, and the best way to budget your personal energy. Mantras are very powerful. Um, they can, that, as you described it, as that speed bump, that regulator. We need those. And just like common courtesy, thank you, um, excuse me, all so important, right? A mantra and following that mantra costs less than not following it, costs far less in terms of energetics and what it gives you, what it takes from you. It's very important to have tools that help you skillful and tactically navigate through life. That's part of your strategy packet. So it takes far less because you have to remember the rebound of no awareness costs way more than the outflow of awareness. All right. Well, thanks, Z. I think we've covered a lot of ground. And just to recap, 
we've talked about a simple diagnostic. Is it worth it? We can think of this as a corollary to what matters. Using is it worth it can increase our awareness. We're more aware of what we say and what we do. So we're not doing things that we regret. And we're not doing things that require a lot of energy and provide very little in exchange. So cultivate the awareness. Uh, Cultivate the awareness of this question. Learn to carry it around. And by doing so, we start to live more consciously. And we can manage our energy better. We can wake up from the habits and the false narratives that rule our lives. And life just becomes easier. Uh, We end up flowing through life as opposed to opposing and resisting the different situations we encounter. So Z, uh, it's great talking to you as always. And thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, Much love and much peace. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Every five-star review allows us to share more unique and insightful content. Learn more at thedispassionateobserver.com. Thanks for listening, and please tune in again next week. Peace.